Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brothers Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunk. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, welcome to Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the amazing C.R. Rice. And our guest today is the amazing Isabel Morgan, who wrote Storm Star. Yay! Yay. Okay. Um, the insert sharing producers insert sharing. Let's talk about what we're <laughs> drinking. So I have some more liquor from our sponsor Skunk Brothers Spirits. Um, I have Viking Lightning, and um, I put some more in a little cup here. And um, this is 80 proof. So basically, my entire face is on fire when I'm drinking this. But it oh. tastes like honey. <laughs> it's really, really awesome. Um, and goes really well in the other thing that I put it in, which is my ice spice baby, which is actually a cranberry cider, believe it or not. And it's, it's in my drinking with author swag cup. So I'm going to have a little more of this. CR, what are you drinking while I burn my entire face off doing this? (laughs) I am doing my green tea and vodka in my, (laughs) it's happening. It's happening. It was pretty great. I love the reaction. It was a very good emphasis. Yeah, this is not something I can drink straight. I'm I'm going to be honest. This is something I have to mix. But, ooh, okay, Isabel, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking St. Ambrose Cellars uh, Topeo to Ambrosia Mead. I always mess up that word, but it's really delicious. And I got it from uh, Savannah B, which is like a local um, honey and meadery depot, so. I like this. She said meadery. It's a local (laughs) meadery. I need a local meadery. I'm a big fan of meaderies. I love mead. Yeah. This says this is a smooth um, sipping um, moonshine. And I just might not be a sipping moonshine kind of girl, but it is sweet. It does taste like honey. It's just 80 proof. So it tastes like honey and lights your face on fire. I'm very excited about it. Okay. So Isabel, are you ready for rapid fire questions? Sure. Okay, the first one is, what is your favorite book of all time? Ooh, my favorite book. Um, right now, I do like a book called, 
shoot. <laughs> okay. Let me think. That's why we do um, this after we've been drinking for a while. Go team. And actually, let me find this uh, book real quick. We should start doing buzzers. Like we, we should give everybody a certain amount of time. And then when they don't answer it, we just do a really obnoxious buzzer to like frazzle now. them. And then we ask the next question. Or we just insert a book that we are thinking of at the time. We could do that. There too. we go. I like it. Sorry about that. Um, I like Stephen Graham Jones's Mongrels. This is like my new book I'm kind of chewing through, but it's really cool. It reminds me of one of my favorite movies, Near Dark, but it's mixed with werewolves. And it's really neat how this werewolf family is traveling across like Southern America. <laughs> very, very cool. Mongrels. Okay. What is your least favorite book? I don't know. I'm trying to think of just terrible books that I've read. <laughs> Because there's some awful ones out there. I'm kind of thinking about more the like the meme ones that people kind of think about. Like, I remember reading or getting through the audiobook telling of Atlanta Nights, and it was just just a slow, boring, uh, I guess, a drama romance book. Oh wow! Yeah, it's kind of infamous online, so I just think I was like, oh wow, this is just terrible. <laughs> Do you finish a book if it's not good? Will you go all the way to the end? I usually would try to see like where it goes, but sometimes if it just gets too awful or I'm just not feeling it, I just kind of just be like, nope, <laughs> I'm good. Do you read, read, do you write, oh my gosh, well, 80 proof. Do you write, read, stop laughing at me, CR, it's not funny. Do you write reviews on the books you read? Not really. I'm just like more of a lurker online for the most part, but I think I will do feedback if like I generally see a book. I'm just like, you know, hey, met this person they have some good stuff so i'll give them a thumbs up on that do you read the reviews online of a book before you buy it no not really i guess it just kind of depends because i like i'm like i don't know i feel kind of like old school i mean there's all this technology about reviews and stuff i kind of just like going to a bookstore seeing what's out there or if i get like a recommendation for a friend then i'll usually will check it out what about um your reviews do you are you reading your reviews online Yes, I just check to see what people are saying about my book and how they feel about it. And, you know, sometimes you can't really let it get to your head if it's like a naked review or anything, but sometimes you can probably learn from it or just be like, you know what? I don't know. (laughs) This is how I write. No, that's, it's true. Um, Reviews are an interesting thing. Okay, Mm -hmm. CR. Um, If you could become the main character in any book, but you have to follow their storyline, what was your, what would it be? Shoot. I think I'd probably do romance because you usually end up with a good ending. (laughs) And just depending on who you marry to, it's just something, I guess, luxurious. Maybe like, it's it's a really like feel good kind of story. So I'd probably would go into that. Like if somebody said, well, you have to be a protagonist in a horror book. I'm like, no. (laughs) I did not want to go through that. Just give me the happy fairy tale ending. <laughs> That'll be my best life. Oh my goodness. No, totally. So do you have a particular character you would do or just random romance character one? I think of it somebody that's like, I guess if Mel being ambitious, not really like a wave, just kind of sitting around for somebody, just, you know, somebody with just a little bit more progression. Like when I write romance or rock up, it seems like both characters have something going for themselves, just not some, I don't know, some one-sided thing where it's just like, oh, save me. I kind of just like more realistic, I guess, interpretations of romance. No, that makes sense. What about your favorite book to movie or TV show? Like a book that you love that was made into a TV show or a movie? Hmm. 
I gotta think. I think Silver Bullet wasn't bad because I actually did recycle the werewolf and Silver Bullet. It does change some things, but I do like how they kind of integrated like what they had to work with on film because sometimes you just don't get a clean you know blow by blow adaptation i think the book kind of just got into a little bit more detail with the timeline but yeah i didn't think it was good still a classic movie (laughs) very very cool what about one that you read and then they made the movie and you thought it was terrible um she probably just (laughs) i don't know i'm trying to think because hmm I don't know. I think some like, you know, Netflix does like anime adaptations like Death Note. So I really like the manga and I like the um, anime that came out for it. But I wasn't really a big fan about how they did some of the creative choices and stuff. I did. I do like William Dafoe as Ryuk, though. <laughs> that was it. That was like the best casting choice. But yeah, it's just hard sometimes. Netflix oh, yeah. doing it live action anime is just where it goes to die. Like if, a, yeah. if Netflix has decided to make a live action, you just know it's done. Like, yeah, I can watch cowboy bebop just to see the first episode we're just like no i love the anime but no well they did not renew that just for the record they canceled they came out and said they were gonna do it two days after the season came out do you know how bad something has to be for you to do that which is terrible i didn't actually think cowboy bebop was that bad i'm just gonna say that i don't think they did a horrible job with it if you didn't see the anime it would it would have been perfect but like it was such a huge it's one of the top favorites that people have so like you can't that's the same reason why when they try to redo the princess bride do you remember the uproar they had like you just you don't mess did with they it. try to redo the princess bride yes and everybody rioted i will and then like the next they year they had fucking covid so like <laughs> that yes covid because of trying to revitalize the princess that's bride. what that's the truth yeah, that's dun, why i really dun. have it <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, what What is your favorite character in literature? Hmm, let me think. I'm trying to think of like a really funny one that I can kind of just pop off the back of my head, shoot. Hmm. Think. Oh, I do like um, Blue Coyote. I forget who the writer was. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> Um, that was really interesting because it was like um, Indian mythology kind of in the modern setting. And I really liked the, how they interpreted Coyote as a character. Like he was just a chaotic trickster who kind of was just there just to teach the main character a lesson. And I kind of like how they, you know, he would shapeshift and do all this other crazy stuff. So I thought that was interesting. I actually just watched that Supernatural episode last night where they introduced the trickster. Oh. It's yes, actually one of my favorite ones. because Gabriel? Yes, where they introduce him. I, I think that that was one of my favorite supernaturals. Mm-hmm. Just going to say that. Um, yeah. Kels? If you could be any supernatural creature, what would you choose? I would probably be a dragon, maybe. <laughs> like dragon or like dragon shifter? So like, do you want to be a dragon all the time or do you want to be able to go back and forth? I would go back and forth. But yeah, I think that's probably just a cool thing to have i'm actually reading um i forget the author's name but it's a book called uh last uh nice dragons finished last and it's like a it kind of reminds me of that um role-playing game um shadow run where it's kind of like cyberpunk mixed with fantasy and it's really neat and it's just about this um guy who's a dragon and he's basically like the lowest rung of his clan and he has to 
kind of, you know, basically do a dirty job just to kind of get back in his mother's good graces. Who's like this really powerful, tyrannical kind of character. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what color dragon would you be? I think this is important for all D&D fans <laughs> out there that are listening to this podcast is what color dragon would you attempt to be? Something pretty or a color I like. Like I like reds. I like blues. I like purples. Um, silver is a nice color too. So just something. They all have different breath weapons. That's why this is important. So red fire, blue, I lightning, white ice. So see, uh, green acid. Like this is why one has to decide. Well, what is one breath? What what is one's breath weapon supposed to be? You know. Yeah. Vital vital parts. Vital parts. Do you um uh have favorite snacks and stuff while you're writing? Um, I really don't really eat while I'm writing, but I do like a tea or coffee, like just in the process and just kind of get into like a mood. You're just like, mm, this is comfy and I feel comfortable and not, you know, stressed out or anything. You just kind of like it just in the zone. <laughs> have you written it in um, public places like coffee shops and places like that before obviously COVID took over? I've written in the car like during a road trip, but I know sometimes uh, public places, I just kind of feel like I'm more focused on what everything else is doing. And if there's usually food in front of me, I'm going to just attack that first <laughs> to focus on that. <laughs> I am going to be probably on a task or anything, but some people are different. I have a friend that likes to write in public places. So yeah, it just, yeah. just depends. I have a lot of friends. I mean, obviously with COVID that changed things. How did that affect your writing the last couple of years here? I don't know because I wasn't employed for a bit. I just kind of was working on writing and then I got this, you know, job as just kind of work at home. So I think I've kind of was a little ahead of the curve just getting used to it, but I do kind of miss the interaction and, you know, because once you're like on the circuit trying to do events it, and then it's like, oh, well, we can't do a signing because, you know, COVID restrictions, it kind of is just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, you just kind of miss like how things were before, but. No, very true. Chels? Um. If you could be friends with a character from a book, who would it be? Because you had said that if you could be a main character, you'd be, you know, one of the romance. So who would you choose as a friend? Hmm. I got to think because you remember True Blood? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I liked Lafayette's character because he was just hilarious. Yes. <laughs> he just kind of tells like it that, is. He was amazing in the show, but they killed him in the first book of the series. So, yeah. Yeah. That's why I kind of just have to go with the true blood iteration of the characters. Cause I know in the first book, like it's just so much stuff they change in the adaptation, but I do kind of like that type of character that just kind of like, no BS is going to tell you like it is. And, you know, just funny, just funny person. I like funny people and just people with personality. And as Aaron Dennis say about how they express themselves. <laughs> Do you have any um, difficulty writing certain things? Are there things that you feel like you run into issues on? I feel like when I write, it usually is trying to make this like descriptions of like actions that sounds so like boring and wrote like, oh, he walked there and he walked over here, you know, <laughs> just something like that is just, it's simple, but I kind of just feel like, oh my gosh, this doesn't feel like compelling enough. So I kind of have to look into some resources about how to describe certain things and emotions and sensations just to kind of just mix up a little bit. When you're doing action scenes and stuff like that, do you use dolls or any stuff? Like I know people who use action figures or dolls or stuff to act out the scenes. I know erotic writers that do this as well. So you don't end up with like 
three arms and two penises unless you're intending on doing that. But to do action scenes, where do you get your inspiration for that? Um, I don't know. I just kind of think of like, I always kind of like, you know, like a really active like imagination when I was little. So I always would kind of just imagine like characters or certain scenes playing out. So it's not really like something I have to act out physically. It's just something I kind of have to think about like, okay, he goes here and it just kind of plays like a movie in my brain a little bit. Very cool. Jels? Um, what is your ultimate like writing kryptonite? Like the one thing, no matter how good of a, a role you're on, that if it happens, you end up just completely lost for the day. Hmm. So like if, like, I guess like a bad feeling or emotion or something like, or just like something like a roadblock where it's like, you're not sure how to properly describe a, a thing or something like, I'm trying to make sure I understand the question correctly. No, it no, like if, for some people they get lost in Facebook and that could be the death of them. Oh, or, like, yeah, like you're, you're doing really good. And then like your, your phone rings and like, you're just done. Even if you don't answer okay, it. Get or... Yeah, I guess sometimes like. I don't know. I kind of have like a good thing, social media, but sometimes I just do have to turn notifications off because, you know, it's like Apple, I kind of write on the MacBook. So it's all integrated. So sometimes it's just like, ding, ding, somebody texts you, ding, ding, somebody's calling. It's just like, I got to shut that down and just kind of just do, um, do not disturb. <laughs> Very cool. What is the most interesting uh, fan interaction you've had so far regarding your writing? Um, there was somebody that came up to me at Spooky Empire, and I think he was kind of interested in the book. He was just like Dracula, I think, but he had like a really like, you know, interesting backstory and kind of see how he could, you know, relate to horror and stuff. And so he's kind of just like, yeah, I really want to write this because I've just seen, you know, just been through so much stuff. So it's like a therapeutic thing for him, I think, kind of get it all on paper. So I kind of, that was a good moment. Like I really connected with that person. I was like, you know, hey, just, you know, give me a call or contact me online and, you know, we can talk. <laughs> Have you started to create a, a writer friend network of writers that you interact with? Um, yeah, like I met some, um, like Mike Linden, we connected on Facebook afterwards and he kind of, you know, showed me like his stuff he was working on and, you know, I kind of got some of his uh, magazines. So yeah, I just kind of like, I just need to follow with people and just kind of, you know, see how things go and just kind of just keep friendly relationships with people that I meet, like you guys and, <laughs> you know just build a network but yeah I just kind of just kind of do my own thing sometimes I meet people like with this um game I'm writing kind of has like a huge fan base so or editing I should probably say not writing because I'm not the main writer but yeah so when I kind of meet people through there it just kind of expands network and I just meet like even if they're not like a writer per se I just meet new friends and just see how people are and how I've worked with them I think that's awesome no, totally. I, I think it's um, very important to have those kind of friends and establish that kind of interaction because we're all similarly doing writing and doing these things. And I think we can help each other a lot through that mm -hmm. being just even somebody to bounce things off of. Yeah. Like I met um, a fan through, you know, the fandom of the game of writing your boyfriend and I stopped saying writing it's editing <laughs> scripting. So yeah. So, and you know, we kind of connected and she, helps me with some of my more erotica writings and just kind of see like you know does this sound good is this hot like you know just stuff like that just kind of to bounce off feedback off people very cool Charles. um if you found a million dollars and nobody else was around what would you do with it Ooh, i remember we had a discussion about that 
I don't know. That's tempting. Like, ideally, if I could probably get away with it, I probably would like invest it into like myself and my business or just kind of, you know, just help a family that needed it or something. Very cool. What is your 2020? (laughs) (laughs) What are your 2022 writing goals? Like if you're stating it now, we're at the beginning of the year. What are your goals for this year? I want to get my full season of my new web series out there. Have people write it, build up more of a reading audience. So I kind of want to get like at least a hundred people, I think. I don't know if that's like a really like <laughs> a big shot, but you know, I'm just going to go for it and just see how, where I land at the end of the year. And then, you know, just kind of get stuff done. Very, very cool. Well, I super hope you achieve all your writing goals. Absolutely. Thanks. Yes. Okay. Charles, I'm going to give you the final question, my friend. What is the one thing you do when you take a break from your writing? When you've had a long, stressful day of writing, what is the one thing you always do to decompress? I feel like writing is my decompression <laughs> in a way. But I don't know. I think if the editing stuff is like just the hardest because you just feel, you know, just kind of overwhelmed by everything and what you have to fix. And you're just like, oh my gosh, look at this done. So I just kind of just take a break, play a video game, just do something else to keep my mind off what, of it. What video game are you playing right now? Right now, even though I'm a little late to the game, I'm going through the Final Fantasy VII remake, and I really love it. Like, I'm kind of cynical towards how people do remakes and reboots, but I think they really have something here. I think they kind of blew it out of the water because I remember playing the first, the original one when I was like, you know, a teenager, and then now it's like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> very, very cool. Awesome. Okay, so again, tell people how to find your books. Yeah, so you can find me on my website, heavyrushmediallc.com. And from there, um, you can find me on Amazon, Mars and Nobles, Kobo, um, price a few other things. I'm also in um, some library systems like OneDrive. So I'm trying to think. And then um, you can connect with me on Facebook and Twitter. And awesome. yeah, just connect with me on there. And then YouTube is where I usually have all my um, book trailers at. But hopefully I'll... if. Honestly, if this web series goes good, I do kind of want to make it more of like a radio audio drama. Maybe if it's animated, that'd be cool too, but we'll just see what happens. <laughs> Very cool. We wish you a ton of luck. It sounds like a lot of fun. And again, yeah. our guest has been Isabel Morgan. You can find her at I.N. Morgan, and the book is Stormstar, and anywhere it's sold. Um, I want to thank our this is so great. My 80 proof is hitting me so hard. I'm going to thank our sponsors again. <laughs> Brother Spirits. You can um, use uh, coupon code DWA10. They have some amazing stuff on there. And then um, this has been Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs Edition. I've been your host, Eric Owens, my co-host, and C.R. Rice. And we will see you next time. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys.